2: Welcome to episode 69, eh. 40 going on 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel.
3: And I'm Josh. And you know, I tried a hero on a half shell. Turns out raw oysters are a terrible substitute for bread in a submarine sandwich. That's
2: <laughs> a true story. <laughs> oh, it sounds crunchy. And hey, milk. Uh, just like grandma. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So yeah, we are not talking about crunchy sandwiches and grandma this week we are talking about teenage mutant ninja turtles the original 1990s movie the movies yes and the uh, 2014 uh, remake thank you but before we get into that uh if you guys would like to listen to us if you are looking to get to more for you 14 you can find us on musings of a geek network with other shows such as the bearded ones uh Pretty uh, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, uh, History of Bad Ideas. And there's probably like 16 new ones that have shown up since we last last recorded.
3: Yeah, I know that there's a, a new one that's coming. That's uh, uh, at least I will be doing some sort of a little bit of a feature for them. It's oh. it's another radio. I think it's by the guys that used to do Jerk Zeus radio. Maybe it's uh, they still do Jerk Zeus.
2: Oh, very nice. Well, you can also find us streaming on uh, Geek Life Radio on Saturdays at noon. Get on the uh, get on the computer and listen to us as you go about your exciting day with zip lining and paintball <laughs> and for watching. And yes, and no trips to World Market.
4: Hey, if our show doesn't work out, can we do a show called like the History of Adequate Ideas? Would that be okay?
2: Well, I think it's a little late to say we're not going to work out. It's show sixty nine, man. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I, I want to do one and
0: call it the history
2: of sad ideas. Aww. 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 Way to kill the mood, Pat.
0: And I'll, I'll end every show with a suicide attempt. Oh, my <laughs> what God.
3: <the> hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only got to screw that up once <clears throat> to ruin two podcasts.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if you're looking for some older uh, episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and Talk Shoe. And if you'd like to give us you a know, call, what... You can, get us we at, hope. We hope. you can get us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. That's
3: right. And you can also reach us at Twitter at 40Go14 or send us an email at 40Go14 at gmail.com. Right.
2: So let's get to people who actually have contacted us. I hear we yes, have, we, we have a do have a
3: voicemail. It's a, it's a bit of a long one, so uh, be prepared. she said.
0: Yeah, they had a dollar. So, uh, be a dollar more than I have. Really, I
1: guess.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And away we go.
1: Hello, 40 Going On 14. This is Luke from Chicago, and I have been catching up and I have some feedback and support. So, um, child listening to the child stars episode harvard uh particularly natalie portman going to harvard it's kind of funny because in the circles that i find myself in the reputation of harvard is not at all good it's like it's where the dumb ivy um people who the kids who can barely tie their sweaters around their necks um so it's sort of funny that she went there and the joke was that she raised the collective iq of harvard by like an order of magnitude by going there um so, one was, well, was always a little confusing. It's always kind of funny to, to hear how Harvard is mentioned. But if uh, you look closely at oh, somebody told me about this on, I think it's the episode three, um, it, some of the special features. There's a behind the scenes thing, and you can see they're filming a scene, and they all cut, and George Lucas starts going on with a, whoa, I think you need to do more, or whatever. And you can actually see her roll her eyes. It's hilarious. It's kind of subtle, but it's really funny. Was that what he Um Listening to the New Year's episode got me thinking. So, first off, um, the, the door opening thing explains why Joel uh, can never live out his lifelong dream to be a companion on the TARDIS. Because if you go, you know, what if you go 5,000 years in the future, he's just going to be up there for hours, open slam, open slam, open slam, open slam, and, you know, to let all the years in, because otherwise how's it going to work? And oh. if you go backwards in time, how do you unslam the front door? Hmm? So the yeah, door. That, that may set that right out. He would uh, destroy the universe, and that would be that. Um, also, the pickled herring thing is funny because in my family, or at least from our part of the country, it was more of a wedding tradition than a New Year's tradition, um, or just a random thing. So, for example, we just went down to a lot of folks over Christmas, and we ate like two jars of herring. Um, didn't know anything about financial success, although apparently the... Uh, I had a great aunt who would say that that if you're hungry for something, you eat herring, a piece of herring, and the herring tells you what you're hungry for, which I, I guess it does lots of things. It finds you money, it finds your food, um, which I suppose you could exchange for money or vice versa. It's it's very, very odd. Anyway, lots of consolidated feedback, probably far too much. Uh, oddling butts to the all front. Out.
4: It found me the bathroom.
1: <laughs>
3: was that old Lang butts to the old Lang front? Yes. Yes. that fantastic. was
0: That was well done. That was a nice sign off.
3: I, I was a little disappointed. I went and looked for uh, pickled herring and couldn't find it. No? Well, the problem is, is I am in a very overwhelmingly Polish neighborhood, so I probably should have looked like
2: before uh. Uh, December 30th. <laughs> yeah. It was just sold out.
0: Sorry kid, we're all out of pickle herring. It was a run on it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Get your herring now. I don't I don't know why uh, You gotta lock up your New, New Year's herring
0: before it's too late. I could put you on the
3: list for next year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, it's that time. <laughs> this week in
4: music, movies, and T V. And sports.
2: All right, so this week, the uh, year is 1990, because that is the year that the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out, which I was surprised. I actually thought it was earlier than that. But let's get to music. The top three songs are Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins, which uh, (laughs) I was waiting for. (laughs) Agreed. There's
3: no Lady Gaga. (laughs) Uh,
2: Agreed. There you go. There's a question for you, Pat. You're stuck on an island with either Phil Collins or Lady Gaga. Who do you go for?
0: Who do I eat first? Is that what you're no, I'll say <laughs> <It's>, if you. <laughs> so they're both getting eaten. That's what's going to happen.
2: you I don't want Lady Gaga. Yeah. In my so mouth. it doesn't matter who you're stuck on the island with. You're going to eat them either way.
0: Yep, they're both yeah. going to get eaten. The island could it be is. Hawaii.
3: He could be in the middle of a major metropolitan area. He just <laughs> it's going to devour those two
2: musical acts. It's, I could be sitting in a Burger King parking lot. It won't matter. <laughs> yeah. He had a Big Mac in his hand, and he ate Phil Collins.
4: They said have it your way, so.
2: (laughs) like, I want my Whopper with Phil Collins. What?
4: You mean you want to eat a Whopper with Phil Collins? No, I want to eat a Whopper with Phil Collins on it.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so number two, Don't Know Much by Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville. Neville? Neville. 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 And he sucks, too. He's awful. What about Linda Ronstadt?
0: I love Linda Ronstadt. Aaron oh. Neville can suck an egg. Oh. Ooh.
3: Oh, you know, sometimes when
4: he's singing, he Hong sounds Hong like a two creaky eggs. door. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. Creaky I door. can't
0: stand his voice. His voice is so annoying.
4: And apparently Belial lives on his forehead. That's what
2: happened yeah. to him after <laughs> Basket Case.
0: And wait, it's the acronym the, of the day. The quarter, go downtown and have a, yak, have a rat and all that thing off your face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Acronym of the day, W-E-B-O-M-H by Taylor Dane. Well, that's uh, Waldo
3: enters the bedroom of Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great web series. Oh,
2: it's so good.
0: That would be an amazing webcomic. Yeah. No, that is, <laughs> <laughs> that is obviously uh, with every beat of my heart.
2: Oh. Uh, so Waldo's
0: not in Taylor this one. Taylor Dane, no. Not Waldo enters the bedroom of Mark Hamill. No. <laughs> okay.
3: Mark Hamill's like, I found him. <laughs>
4: Actually, to be more correct, he found you,
2: sir. <laughs> we found each other. Get out
4: of Aww. my bedroom! It's a love story. Well,
0: Waldo walks anything. Like, they never tell you what happens when Waldo finds you.
2: <laughs> and that's why they're looking for him. He's wanted. All right. Then, uh, "Flood" by They Might Be Giants is released on January fifth.
4: And how many of us made that part of our entire college career?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's exactly why I included it. Yeah, I still. Uh, we got the. Uh, they might be giants, uh, s- beginner's guide to they might be giants. It's like the greatest hits album. And I'll put that on. And a lot of the times when a s- one song will end, I'll just pick up and start singing for whatever song actually was next on the actual album. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's just, I mean, you just, you've memorized this, the, uh, the playset so much. So, uh, movies, tango and cash. Oh, well, you're
0: not, gonna the- you're you're not gonna going to finish the You're not going to finish the oh.
2: music? Oh, okay. I missed that. Broadway. I, I saw, thought it might be something that interests you. I so saw I Broadway pl- Broadway plays and I faded out. And I'm Ron Burgundy? Two Broadway no, I plays it would interest you, Mike. Oh. That's all. Okay. Two Broadway plays end their runs on December 31st, 1989. Me and My Girl closes at the Marquee Theater in New York City after 1,420 performances. And Three Penny Opera closes at the Lundfontein, Fontaine, Fontaine, whatever, Lundfontein, Lundfontein. Fontaine. after 65 performances. Fontaine is like a banana, but it's a so three uh, penny opera has got to get his shit together if he's going to catch up on me and my girl. Because <laughs> Was uh, anybody,
3: was anyone besides me in a three penny opera? I can't remember. I saw you it.
2: The mic was. No, it wasn't. I thought you were. No, no I'm thinking it was just me. No, it's yep. just Josh. Oh.
0: I thought you sang... Oh, uh, well, no, I guess I guess not.
4: Never mind. <laughs> I thought you sang that one song.
2: Oh, I did, but not then. Oh. Yeah. But you did sing it another time, right? Yes, but it okay. wasn't with that well, either. That's, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. So, movies. <laughs> Tango and Cash was the number one movie. Uh... That was an all right movie. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fine. Good. And Arthur, yeah,
3: <laughs> I remember I attempted to run a Shadowrun game with Patrick and Matt. Uh, that was loosely based on Tango and Cash, only realizing <clears throat> that they had no concept of
2: police procedure, so the game didn't go anywhere. <laughs>
0: we just beat everybody up. <laughs>
2: Did you have, have forced him into the shower scene, too? And no, him like we
0: I, we, exactly. with we, the, just, we just sat there going I don't really know how to be a detective So let's just go find somebody and beat him up Right <laughs> like, I think this guy might know something So let's try to just beat the crap out of him Until he tells us something And then maybe we'll know what to do after that
3: Yeah, it was a one-session campaign that D- didn't go anywhere <laughs>
2: uh, and Also, Arthur Kennedy, American character actor And five-time Oscar nominee Dies on January 5th Arthur.
4: He Kennedy. was shot in Dallas, I think,
0: right? Oh, dude. No, that's a different Kennedy. Oh, too soon? Yeah. That was Ted
2: Kennedy. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I Man, that was we are John keeping it dark Jr. today. Man. Uh, TV on January 1st, Rowan Atkinson's debuts his famous character, Mr. Bean, a show named Mr. Bean. That was a happy coincidence. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Babysitters Club also premieres on that day. How hard were oh. you digging for this stuff this time? Uh January second, Alan Hale Junior, uh skipper on Gilligan's Island, dies of cancer at seventy one years of age, and on January second, all my children broadcast its twentieth anniversary special. Aw. There you go. That skipper thing is sad. Little buddy. Yeah. Bye, little buddy. Now Aww. on to sport. And sports. <clears throat> Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Jockey. Kent. Dezo Sets record. Close
0: enough. Desermo,
3: Des- yeah. I would, I would.
2: Yeah, Desermo. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Sets, sets a record with 598 wins in one year on December 31st, 1989. It's a lot of horse riding. And on that the following day, horses. Joe Hardstaff Jr., cricketer, 23 tests for England, 16 or 136 runs, dies. And finally, the four horsemen of the WCW, Rick Flair, Arnon Old Anderson, and formerly Tully Blanchard, reformed in December of 1989 in the NWA. Flair and the Andersons teamed up with long-standing rival Sting, which was a shocker after Blanchard failed the drug test.
0: They were part of
4: NWA? Didn't Easy have a problem with that?
0: Well, I mean, this was before he took over. Oh. He, he, he came in and pretty much had an, started a rivalry with him, and that's how he took over.
3: Wait, wasn't that supposed to be the NWO?
4: <laughs> I was hoping. Well, oh, my would... God, it was. Yeah. Oh, uh... <laughs> yeah <laughs> I claim absolutely
2: no responsibility for that shit because I, I, was like, I didn't hey. even notice.
3: <clears throat> yeah. how Did, did someone change thought,
0: it?
2: No. Uh-oh. I
3: didn't. No, I was it.
0: thinking you were just were, were, were giving a stupid nickname to Eric Bischoff. We call no. him EGE. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Now I get no. it. Ah.
3: No, it was. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. That's that's the era where I watched wrestling.
0: New World <laughs> Arder. Ardor. It's, it's NWO. Somebody changed it to NWA. Funny a people. A little, little, little late now.
2: I don't think anybody did, Pat. That's just it. Yeah, I think you made a mistake. I think you
4: just messed up.
0: Oh, no. no. I didn't type that in. I didn't type that in. I just cut cut and pasted it. So somebody on the internet made a mistake.
4: Nobody Ugh. takes mistakes on the internet. Those Dum-dum-dum. people well, on true. the internet
2: curse them.
0: If, if it was on the internet, it, it has to now be called the NWA because everything on the internet
2: is true. <laughs> All right.
0: Legally, it has to now be called the NWA.
2: <laughs> we'll give him a call. So, 1990, we were blessed. I get maybe. Did I you guess. With Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie directed by Steve Barron, who also did such classics as Electric Dreams and Coneheads. Mm. I tried to find anything else that would make sense with him, but it was just a lot of music videos and directed DVD stuff. Do you guys remember Electric Dreams? No.
3: I do not. I do remember Coneheads, and I didn't care for it.
2: Yeah. Electric Dreams was... Guy, guy gets a new computer and like totally sets up his house so the computer controls the locks and the tv and everything and then it becomes sentient and starts to go after his girlfriend
4: oh they did that on the simpsons they did a parody of that kind of huh yeah i do remember okay. electric <laughs> jeans they were terrible in the rain yeah terrible
2: i all right so
3: so teenage mutant I ninja. The electric
2: that's where they had to save the community center I'm not participating in governing. this. I'm not, I'm not doing anything along with this. Eddie, Eddie Grant, drink. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, so. I was a
3: huge fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at this time. Um, I, I My mo- main exposure to it was through the cartoon show and the toys. But uh, I remember looking forward to seeing this, and I believe I saw it in the theater.
4: A little bit of quick perspective. Um, I don't know we're not talking about anything more than these two movies today, but... A uh, comic was released uh, originally in 84. First animated series was 87. Uh, the first comic book series based on the animated series was 88. And then 90 was when the film trilogy started, which uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop did the, uh, the the costumes. Yes. And it took him 18 weeks.
2: Really? Yeah. That's a lot shorter than I was expecting. But, um, okay, so it's starring uh, a bunch of people that really weren't, what? Wait, wait are going to roll over who started it? Who starred in it?
0: Considering they were all wearing giant green masks. Oh, you're talking so about the actual
2: turtle people? They're not turtle people. They're guys wearing suits, Joel. Yeah,
0: this is a movie, Joel. It wasn't a documentary.
2: I must have watched the wrong thing. All right, so <laughs> Judith Hoag as April O'Neil. I loved her so much. I had such a yeah, show. she's very, very cute. Yeah. Not not too '80s looking in this though. I mean, well, oh, like, she had she was some 90.
3: serious '80s slash '90s hair. Yeah, like, she the difference did. between and her hair while appearing on TV and just getting out of bed was not that different.
2: Mm. Not as bad as she could have been though. Now, what I was expecting when I when I originally started it up, I was expecting like the full hair wall. Oh, you know, like with a big wave the, in the front. Yeah. Kind of the aquanet,
0: he, aquanet head.
2: Yeah. And shoulder pads. The waterfall. Yeah. So, uh, as a wear
0: her wardrobe was, was decidedly eighties with the jean shorts and everything. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right now she's, um, on a TV show called Nashville and, uh, done a lot of one shots on, on TV. She's, uh, oh
3: she was in Carnival. She, she
2: was, was in Carnival. Yeah. I thought I'd throw that in there because she was topless. <gasps> Well, we've lost Patrick. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <He's> gotta, go. <laughs> gotta go. I'll be back in a minute.
4: <laughs> Who uh, was she in Carnival? Was she a major part? I don't believe she was a major part, no, but that's the only thing i remember from it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah because I, I watched I the first it. season.
2: Yeah, that may be <clears> why I missed it, because it looks like a lot of her IMDb listings is just, and pretty much everybody's just one shot TV characters on, you know, I'm on this show once, go to the next show. You're on, uh, you know, uh, Law and Order this week. Next week, we're going to be on. I dream of genie or whatever, but the, uh, Elias Cotez played Casey Jones. Patrick, he was in The Fourth Kind. Yeah. Yeah,
4: he's done a lot of stuff. He's a he's a pretty, he's one of those character actors that you see him and you're like, oh, I remember that guy from that show. And I think he did a pretty, he did a good run on one of the Law and Order shows, didn't he? One of the, those TV crime dramas?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Everybody else had, I was just pulling out stuff that stood out to me on this.
4: I mean, well, he's one of those guys that's still working today. I mean, he's out of the, out of the people that are in the film <laughs> overall, outside of one that you'll get to here in a little bit, he's one of the guys that's consistently continued to work.
2: Oh, they're all consistently working. It's just they're all doing... Little things. Little things, yeah. yeah. Um, the voices, basically, uh, Raphael uh, was Josh Pace. The voice of Leonardo was Brian Tochi, The voice of Michelangelo was Robbie Rist. And the uh, voice of Donatello, Leif Tilden. Um, oh, a lot of these guys went on to work in Dinosaurs. The TV show? Yeah. They did a lot of oh. voice work. Well, because it was, you know, it's Jim Henson's creatures that were in yeah, this. Same
0: type of puppetry or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> I can. Yeah. And they moved over to that. Um, a lot of voice work, a lot of, uh, you know, voicing for video games, voicing for cartoons and that sort of thing for these guys. Because actually, you know, you never really even saw these guys. Um where was the one really weird one in here? Oh uh Mike McHale and Sisti, the guy who did Michelangelo played the puppeteer in forgetting Sarah Marshall.
4: There was a puppeteer.
2: That's what I' that's what I'm like I didn't want to watch another movie, but after I saw that, I was like I've got to, I don't remember a puppeteer in forgetting Sarah Marshall. A penis puppeteer.
3: You know what's weird looking at this? I think the actors they've got for the Turtles are actually uh, not their voice work. I think they're the guys in the suit because I, I remembered seeing this when I watched the film today. Uh, I knew the voice for uh, uh, Donatello was not Leif Tilden because it was Corey Feldman. I
0: thought th- I thought that was him.
4: Yeah, he did the voice of Donatello.
0: Yeah. By the way, in forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, the very final scene when the play is finally on, those are all puppets. So he was one of the puppeteers. Oh, okay, oh.
2: that's right. I forgot the vampire puppets in that. Yeah. All right. So
3: that that's interesting that they don't have the voice cast, which is our main interaction with the four turtles, uh, <laughs> credited at all. It's those. four. Four. That's Josh Pace, David Foreman, Brian Tochi and Leaf Tilden are actually the guys in the suits, not the guys doing the
4: voices. Huh. Well, Robbie. Well, Robbie Rist was the voice though of Michelangelo.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that he's it. got a separate. He's actually got a separate credit there. Yeah,
2: Leonardo is Brian Tochi but the the um the guy in the suit was David Foreman, and then all the people that um that were in the suits all had cameos in the movies. So when, the guy who did Raphael's voice was the passenger in the back of the cab when Raphael jumped across the hood of the car type of thing. So they all Which had... Is,
4: that's kind of crazy.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of, you know, that it was kind of neat that they tossed that in there. Um Going down, I mean, the guy who played Shredder on TV, bit parts where he's like, hey, Korean guy number three. Oh. Yeah. Um, Kevin Clash, the guy who did the voice of Splinter, is Elmo. Was Elmo. Was Elmo. Now he's facing charges.
1: La, 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 la.
2: But yeah, so I think he made out pretty good. <laughs> he for a long time he did. Well, he had no, a not anymore. Of... Yeah. yeah. He yeah. had his own documentary. So and uh the guy who did the voice of the shredder and orukusaki Saki, I look looking up him, he doesn't even have a picture. On IMDb, and everything that he does just says additional voices. <laughs> he was in The Nightmare Before Christmas, additional voices. You know, he was in all these things, additional voices. Uh, the guy, Robbie Rist, did something called the Christopher Walken Ecstatic Dance Academy.
4: Well, most people will know him more from his days on uh, Brady Bunch and uh, Sharknado. Yeah. He
2: was a uh, Cousin Oliver. Yeah, I haven't seen Sharknado. Was he? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. wow.
3: So we've basically got... As head thug, we've got Sam Rockwell, which is crazy.
2: It is because Suzanne noticed it before I did when he came. I, it's in, just
3: wild to me that Sam Rockwell and Corey Feldman are the only name actors, basically in this entire thing.: And since Corey Feldman <clears throat> just provided a voice, he's so far down the billing.
4: Yeah. Well, and, and Elias Cotius, or however you say his last name, I mean, he, this was really early in his career before he made a name. So, I mean, you look at it now and you could list him as a name, but you're right. Back then, I mean, that was really the only two, like, known people. And Sam Rockwell looks so greasy in this movie. Yeah, he does. I mean,
3: even Elias Cotius, like, I would be able to pick him out of a lineup as a working character actor. But, I mean, I wouldn't call him a big
2: star even now. Sam Rockwell or Cotes? Cotius, yeah. Cotius. yeah, I wouldn't...
4: I mean, he's done he's done a lot of good things, and is you know he's one of those guys. Like I said, he's one of those character actors that you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy, I've seen him in whatever.
3: Yeah, right. I remember him from Shutter Island. He was like one of the guys. But yeah, yeah, but he wasn't Zafod Beeblebrox. He's
2: not uh, that guy. No, no, no. I mean, just some guy, you know. Yeah. So before we get into the trivia, I want to find out. Uh, I I really in my, I don't know in my mind I expected this movie to be good. Defined good. I almost apologize to my family for making them watch it with me. That's, I mean, it, I've never seen um, this movie. I didn't realize that it played so much to the kids in this uh, as much oh. as it did with the, with the talk and, and the, uh, uh Raphael's voice. Was like, come on, guys! He's got that real thing, kind of New Jersey, Brooklyn thing going on, and he's the only one out of the four of them. Yeah, that has that has that accent going on. Unless, of course, Michelangelo's doing his impersonations, which I didn't understand either.
3: No, it was very, very weird that they also had like the other three turtles practically interchangeable. Surfer guy, aside from Leonardo being called out as the leader in an argument, and then maybe a little bit at the farm. But, yeah, their characterizations were actually much stronger in the cartoon than they were in this movie.
0: Yeah. And this this is exactly why I had avoided watching this movie for years, because I knew that's what these guys were like. And because the only way I know them is from, like, the trailers and people, you know, and things like that for this movie in particular. And I was like, man, that does not look like anything that I want to watch at all. And I was right.
4: But I think what they were trying to do was trying to find some sort of a, a, a slight... Uh, combination of the original comic which is much darker and they're they're they don't have different i mean it's black and white but all their they all look the same um outside of the weapons they use and so after the cartoon happened and they all became colorized and differentiated by their character you know their personalities a lot more and then they really played that up here they uh, toned it down a little bit and it was too much Uh, they like they pulled it back too far to the point where you know pat got what he was expecting which is unfortunate because there's more there than that. Oh, yeah. In, in my opinion.
2: Oh, yeah. The comics themselves had a – I mean, there was a lot of backstory behind them. It's more than, you know, we found – you know, the Shredder found the turtles floating around on this goop type of thing. And as you go on, you actually – there is character development in all the different characters. I mean, it, but in this – I mean, Leah, I mean, the only one who actually had any sort of background or character or any development in, him, in his thing was uh, Raphael. Yep. Just being the angry one all the time. What I can say good about this, though, is those whoever put those suits together, for them to be able to do all those flips and whatever else they were doing for that, I was impressed.
3: Yeah, the suits still looked good now. Although if your uh, TV is uh, too high definition, you can occasionally see the actor's eyes through the turtle mouth, which is really freaking creepy. (laughs)
4: Well, I think what impressed me about the suits, I mean, outside of the fact that I thought they were pretty, I mean, well done, especially for the time, was the fact that they could walk and talk in the suits, but yet the mouths could still move independently. And they were able to, it was kind of seamless to me, which at the time, you know, without CGI, I mean, that was all practical effects. So to have somebody doing the mouth to match the the dialogue while the actors were acting to me was impressive. And even then that part held up um, quite a bit. I mean, granted, the rest of it, <laughs> kind of like the Batman 89, you know, over time kind of loses some of its charm from when you're a kid, although I still enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, this yeah, movie was definitely dated. It made all kinds of like references to like, at one point she talked about how, you know, uh, Harrison Ford was the hunk that she referenced, to. you know, also. I it, mean, it, it was, it's definitely dated. And like you said, the costumes though, for the time period, were really not that bad. They were actually pretty progressive.
3: Yeah, and I, I kind of think that this movie was at its best when it was taking itself 100% seriously and going with a more serious tone, like some of the scenes where the individual turtles are being sketched and you've got meditation from Leonardo. It was at its weakest when it was doing a slapstick for the children.
0: Yeah, right. Like and the, the, the dialogue the was just the dialogue was just awful. I mean, be- between all the different characters, the turtles, I mean, they they couldn't have any kind of conversation with each other, or, or I mean, not 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 necessarily with each other, but with anyone, you know, without being all like, "Oh yeah, cool, awesome, dude, yeah, woo." got a high five, know, it. An,
3: yeah. yeah. It was like a, uh, a TV ad executive had watched like Bart Simpson and decided, yeah, I mean, like, oh, "This is what all
0: teenagers act like all the
2: time." <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a checklist of words they had to say in the movie. <clears throat> uh, so. In some of the trivia, Playmates Toys, the company that produced the TMNT uh, line of action figures from the 80s to the 90s, they declined to produce any movie-based toys off of this one because of the violent content, language, and overall dark tone to the movie. However, the lighter, a little bit happier, a Secret of the Ooze, yeah, it came out the next I'd year later. i lighter
0: version of
4: the I know. Movie. Streaming uh, on Amazon
2: Prime. The Playmate would release a movie star Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles assortment, which right now is extremely collectible.
4: Now... Yep. Out of all the films to date, minus the 2014 one and, and all the different characterizations of the live action stuff anyway, I thought Casey Jones, um, was the closest to the comic and he was one of the parts of it that I enjoyed the most still, even rewatching it. I mean, I like oh, yeah. Elias as an actor, but his character was, I always enjoyed when he was on the screen more than anybody else.
2: He played Casey Jones very true to the way that I would expect the comic.
3: Yeah, at least at the beginning. I mean, you kind of lose how unhinged Casey Jones is pretty quickly in this,
2: but I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, I I mean, tone
4: it down because go ahead.
2: See, I will say unhinged. Yeah, he's unhinged and he does tone it down a little bit until he crushes shredder in a garbage truck. (laughs)
4: <laughs> right. When I saw that, the first thing that came to mind is I went, he straight up killed somebody. And I, and I immediately thought to back to our Batman show where I was all about <laughs> how Batman you know. not
2: killing people. I was like, yeah, he falls in the truck. And Casey was like, oops, and throws a lever and nobody says anything on the fact Ever. that he just, yeah. And the cops come by and chase all the kids away. And they're like, oh, you nasty kids go down, you know, and that's, and, and they're not arresting anybody because there's people wandering around all over the place all the whole time. The police are there. And Nobody brings up the fact that there is probably blood and gore coming out of the back of that garbage truck because they just crushed a man in there. Well, he's a bad guy, so it's fine. You're you're always allowed to kill bad guys.
4: Well, he made some fashion faux pas that needed to be punished. I mean, the Shredder's costume was questionable at best.
3: I actually thought the Shredder (laughs) costume was pretty sweet. Uh, That was one of the things that uh, when I was looking at it – a, through the lens of today and I was being kind of picky. I was like, you know, this isn't too bad. It's pretty uh, in line with what you see in the cartoon with a uh, much more traditional samurai sort of helmet moved in. Now, yeah. I, I was I was actually a fan of that. Except I like for the,
4: the sparkles.
2: Yeah, this, the armor itself was good. The, the action pajamas that he was wearing were kind of glittery.
3: Okay, I guess that's yeah. I, it didn't bother me, but uh, yeah, I was mostly focusing on the armor and the placement of the
2: blades and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's it was he had it looked cool, and it did match up to what I remember seeing in the comics. But uh, he's just shiny.
4: It's well, it's closer to the comics, yes. And I mean, the the whole Foot Clan and everything, you know, has always been made out to be kind of a, a purplish whatever it is color, whereas you know the original comic is black and white, of course. But um. It just that the shiny little bits of it is what threw me off. And I still don't understand that choice. I was kind of happy in a way to see that they stuck to the Foot Clan the way that they were in the original comic. But at the same time, it kind of detracted from the character. And I kept thinking that every one of those Foot Clan members that as you see the movie progress and as you see them get the crap beat out of them, they're all just kids that have been trained by these people. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple of original like people that were came over with Shredder to carry out his plan the rest of them are all just under trained kids more or less
2: yeah they're they're street or street kids that got a cool mask after a couple weeks apparently and one of the things that they actually added in was after his the uh second in command the henchman comes back after they have that botched job and he beats up that kid in the locker room originally the kid was supposed to be dead
3: but oh, they, so they had to tone the violence down even further.
2: Yeah, they they actually had to add in the line. I think he's breathing because after they originally screened it to the um, to whoever the hell they screened it to, they're like <laughs> the <laughs> MPAA. Yeah, they, they they're like. He killed, you know, that he killed this kid in the locker room. So they had to add that on there. But they, again, they still had no problem. In
0: the in the, in the sequel, they actually get into a tickle fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that's uh, Oh wait,
4: the sorry,
2: the, sorry. the sequel has uh, Vanilla Ice,
3: if I recall.
0: Oh. go
3: ninja, go, go ninja, go, go, yes, yeah,
0: yep. Oh man, it does oh, yeah. not have. It really voice. didn't want anybody to come see that.
3: Yeah, number two does not have the voice of Corey Feldman. However, it's the only one of these early 90s ones that don't, because during the filming of two, Feldman was in rehab.
4: But Elias Cotiers makes a return as Casey Jones, and at least the third one. I don't know if I saw the second one on his resume. Um, but that's just that's what I'm talking about with the fine line between the original comic, which is so dark and bloody and violent, and then the co- the cartoon, which is so incredibly the opposite. I mean, it's just like. You know, it's like you could have little kids, four and five years old, watch it and not find anything in it that's objectionable. And they tried to walk that line, and they they failed, in my opinion. With, yeah. With that, um, and the slapstick part, I think my least favorite part of the slapstick was either the pizza pizza that fell on Splinter's head, or when the phone. Uh, machine dropped on the, the Foot Clan member. Yeah.
2: Oh, the the answering machine?
4: Yeah.
3: And it was interesting. Like, if you look at the cartoon, when the elements they took from the cartoon were the childishness of it, and they left out the best stuff, where if for a kid's cartoon, the character development was actually pretty good over the years because it went for like 10 years. Mm hmm. But uh, they, they keep the slapstick and keep some of the like for the kids stuff without taking the best uh, elements that they could have mined from the cartoon for this film, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I think that, that like I said, I think they kind of failed with that. I mean, it ran. Let's see the cartoon. Uh,
0: also, I'm, I'm going to say something. Yeah. If, you, if you love pizza this much and you're constantly getting pizzas delivered, the Domino's pizza guy is not going to be scared to deliver pizza to your sewer. your sewer. Because
2: you've obviously <laughs> ordered a ton of pizza before. Or maybe they just get freaked out and they get a new guy every week.
4: What, what made me laugh uh, was when I was watching it, I didn't subject anybody to it, but Juliana came wandering in and she's like, I thought I heard the turtles on. And she really has no interest in the original one. But she's like, oh, look, they're eating pizza. She's like, oh, and it's Domino's. And I'm like, she's like, and she's like did you see that? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, in the box it said Domino's. I'm like, yeah. I, I thought about trying to explain product placement to her, but <laughs> I thought I'd leave it alone because everything said Domino's everywhere. That was the sponsor of the film for, or no, right. it was Pizza Hut. Well, also, not Domino's. Pizza yeah, Hut.
0: And, and the, the, all the evil kids ate Burger King because they had Whopper boxes.
4: And yeah, exactly. And she thought it was so neat that she if caught that. Good, it said, you Pizza Hut. If you're
0: good, you eat Domino's, but if you're evil, you eat Burger King.
2: But, That's the message yeah. I
0: took from this movie.
2: <laughs> That's the best you got out of it, huh? Why Phil well, Collins hangs yep. out at Burger King, huh? Oh Bill Collins is a big Burger King fan. The,
4: the, the whole thing I mean He's
0: the original Whopper.
4: For me being a fan and, and still being a fan to this day, I I enjoyed it. It made me feel like a kid again because I did see it in the theater as well. I didn't see the sequels in the theater, just the original one. And for me it was a good time and, and it kind of reminds me of that that era because that right around that time period is when you know they poke fun at critters in this movie, uh, which is the same kind of practical effects. Um, we also had, what's the other big one that came out that had the similar kind of effects going on? God, every time I. Gremlins? Gremlins was right around. Yeah. That was another one. But there was another movie with the characters like this that were this big. I can't think what it was now.
2: Killer Gremlins from Outer Space.
4: That happened around this time. I mean, it, you you get where I'm going though, is it? That was the popular trend. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it was a fun ride. I, I don't know that it holds up overall, but it, it's still fun.
0: And what was with that horrible disguise?
4: Which one? The, the what fedora? What are you walking
0: around? Like, yeah, uh, just a, a trench coat yeah. and a fedora. Oh, yeah, that's going to hide the fact that you're a giant turtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, gets- I mean, it's
3: New
2: York. That's the, You just go back to that joke.
4: Yeah, that's and, true. And you get thrown in a trash can when
2: you're a giant turtle? Yeah. They yeah. even oh. did that. They. Even, I've been in New York my whole life, and I've seen everything.
3: Right. Yeah. I, and Joel, you were right the first time. In this 1991, that first pizza is Domino's. Mm. It's yeah, a, a Pizza Hut. I'm looking at his
0: uni- a picture of his uniform no. right oh, now. No, no, I mean the first the first one is Domino's and the one that they the yeah, and then there's a Pizza Hut later. But Yeah.
4: They're eating Pizza Hut. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of uh maybe I'm thinking of the 2014 one.
0: You are. Yes.
4: Oh. That's
0: what it is, yeah. Yeah, okay.
4: I'm confused.
0: Yeah, It was definitely Domino's.
4: Okay, you're right. I'm looking at it now, too. But it was Pizza Hut in the sequel. And that's the one where, or in the uh, remake, that's where Juliana was commenting. Okay. But she Alrighty. didn't come in and she was like, I thought I heard turtles. Anyway. All right. And you guys have any other thoughts?
0: Uh, I thought this movie was the suckiest suck that ever sucked. Whoa. Wow. How do you really feel, Pat? Yeah. I did not, did, like, did not like any minute of this movie almost at all. Almost would, at all? What mo- almost I, I did not I did not care for this movie.
4: When we do the follow-up show, Pat, <clears throat> for the toys, the comics, and the cartoons, which is going to happen at some point, I'm going to be interested to see what you think in the uh, the movie that came out a few years ago, the the CGI direct sequel to this that came out. Um, because it, to me, it's still one of the best representations. So I'll be curious to have you revisit that.
3: That's high praise. Like I haven't seen it yet, so I think
4: uh, I'll be watching that in the next couple days. I think Joel's wrong. Did you see it, Mike? The sequel to this? No, not part two. I'm talking about the CGI animated movie that came out about four years ago.
2: Oh, that one? Yeah, that one was okay. That I mean, out of okay. all the
4: stuff that's come out outside of the new cartoon, I think it's the closest to the original car- comic.
2: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this, I thought you were talking about... Uh, no, P- Secret, of the Secret of the use No. Secret of the Ooze, man. No. I'm like, no, that's really... you're No. Wrong.
3: <laughs> wrong.
4: No. No, no, no.
3: Yeah, I, I think after talking Secret of the Ooze again, I think we need a break just to cleanse the palate yes
4: <laughs>
3: so uh, we're
2: going to take a little break here just like Josh said yeah
3: we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, Michael Bay 2014 right on
2: Can you stand for what you believe in you find the strength to do what's right that's turtle power
3: shell they're on a mission when there's a battle got the enemy wishing that they stayed at
4: home instead of fighting these ninja masters with boos like lightning they were once normal but now the news swift is the teacher so they are the students Leonardo Michelangelo and donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. he's the leader of
2: the group. hey we're back to talk about more turtles yay ya for turtles all right so now so, we're, oh I'm sorry what was that oh sorry I wish
0: we hey, were quick. I wish we were talking about the candy instead.
4: No, that's next week. Um, I thought of the movie I was thinking of, and that was a double negative. Um I was thinking of the garbage Pail kids movie.
2: Oh, my oh. god, that was terrible. But similar kind of thing. Yeah. People in suits running around. That was there were a lot of those movies back then, rubber suits. It seemed movies. like that was a trend.
3: Yeah, you could make a case for Howard the Duck being in that same sort of a genre. Yeah. True. You
0: shouldn't make a case for Howard the Duck being anything. Why well, you own it, not. Pat. You have no room to talk. Yeah. No, it's not my fault I own it.
4: <laughs> you still own it, just like I do, for the same reason. Yeah, I don't Brian. own it,
2: so I'm above you. Brian, if you need his address, <laughs> let me know. So, uh, <laughs> just this last year, we were released with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014, which was um, done by Michael Bay, who immediately started wrecking everything by saying that the turtles were going to be aliens. There was a large internet hoo-ha about that, and
0: yeah, I remember that little mini uproar. Yeah, Reddit was a was, Reddit was a flame.
3: And there was another one when they said that William Fitchner was going to be Shredder.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which you know you, I could see where you kind of could get it from looking at the uh, the trailer because it really never explained that Shredder was a separate person. You just got the feeling that William Fitchner was a bad guy in this, and then they showed the Shredder.
3: I'm pretty sure that that was the plan at the beginning. And the uh, Shredder Mm -hmm. actually being a a Japanese guy was a response to the criticism and overwhelming pressure from the fans.
4: That's probably the Mm -hmm. same thing with the alien bit, too, actually. But just to clarify, because uh, it gets bandied about a lot, but Michael Bay only produced the film. Jonathan Liebsman directed it. Oh. Which happens a lot these days when, because they'll say, you know, produced by Eli Roth or produced by Quentin Tarantino. People are like, that movie was not like Quentin Tarantino at all. It's like, well, that's because he produced it. He didn't direct it, you dumbass. So I'm right. just clarifying. But,
0: and, but Michael Bay is also one of those names that if he gets attached to something in any way, everybody expects a certain level of Michael Bayness
2: yeah. I And there were lots of... Michael Bayness in this, and I'm looking at okay. I'm looking at Jonathan Liebsman, the other stuff, and it's Battle for Los Angeles, Wrath of the Titans. Remember going to see that, Patrick? Oh God, yeah, yeah. We were we were both so confused. We're like, I don't know if I loved that or hated it. Well, we couldn't figure <laughs> out why the princess at the end is like right after this giant battle with these lava yeah. monsters, <laughs> and she is completely clean, and everybody is completely else is like completely filthy. Yeah. So.
0: In one in one scene. You know, she's in a tent all filthy from battle, and they cut away from her, and they cut right back to her, and she's instantly clean.
4: <laughs> okay. In defense of Michael Bay for two reasons and Jonathan Liebsman, n- number one, he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, which was the prequel to the sequel. It was the sequel to the, as a prequel to the remake of the original, um, which was actually, I thought, better than the original that they did. And he did Battle Los Angeles, which I actually enjoyed. Did which he is do uh, Texas flat.
2: Chainsaw Massacre?
4: Not the original, no. That was Marcus Nispel. I was thinking of something else. Um, but they were all produced by Michael Bay because they're part of his Platinum Dunes production company, which he started. And the two, dif- in defense of Michael Bay, number one, he makes movies that are entertaining. Whether you like them or not, they're entertaining.
2: Well, if you don't um, like them, then they're not entertaining. I I would disagree. Um,
4: and right. They appeal to the masses. That's for yes, yeah. They are entertaining to someone. They, yes. they're
3: not objectively entertaining.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and the other thing is, is the man has has a respect for horror, although he seems to not quite have the understanding of exactly what that entails.
2: Okay, unfortunately, we're talking about teenage me. Right, but I'm just but in defense yeah.
4: <laughs> of the people involved.
2: But. Okay. I have gone on record, heck,
3: as uh, recently as last episode of the podcast, uh, with my disdain for Michael Bay. Like I am uh, not a fan. So my expectations for this were super low. I was dreading having to watch it, and I was prepared to rip it a new one. And you know what? It was not that bad.
2: (laughs) That is where I'm at. I'm not saying it was good. But oh, like you, Josh, I stepped into it. I went to the theater to see it because my girls liked the turtles and they, it was a the cheap show. So I walked into it expecting Michael Bay explosions, that, which I, I mean, you get, but it, it wasn't as awful as I was anticipating it to be. And I think a lot of that has to do by the, not so much the writing, but the characterization of the, the, the way that each of the characters are played out. Because you've sure. got like, um, uh, Splinter. Is voiced by Tony Shaloub, which I mean yes. he did a great job on that. I mean they did they did a lot of really good job. Johnny Knoxville is Leonardo. You know they had great voice actors for this, and even the live actors. Uh, well, there's Megan Fox because Michael Bay, but Will Arnett I thought was great.
1: Actually, like Will Arnett.
0: Arnett is he's great in everything. Yep. He's
4: the Charles Grodin of this generation.
0: I hate him. Well, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Once again, Joel gets to be wrong. <laughs> How can you not like Will Arnett? Because he's, he's everybody a, liked Will Arnett. Oh. How can you not like Will Arnett? <laughs> I've
2: never
4: liked Will Arnett. He is the Charles Gray uh, of this generation. You you,
0: uh. you are a communist. You know that? What? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything.
0: Yeah, it's I'm. A- I'm not stepping in to
3: defend Joel. I'm stepping hey. in to defend communists. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well. Uh, oh, I love nice. you, Joel. Yeah, yeah. You're stepping, you're stepping in on China's behalf. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's
3: not get crazy
0: here.
4: Well see, I went into the same way you did, Mike, because, you know, as you know, I Isaiah's not a fan, but Juliana is is been a fan of the turtle since I gave her the 12 uh, inch Donatello action figure when she was one year old for her first birthday. And I got I still get crap for that. Um but she's a super fan, just like your kids are, and, and she loves all things turtles. So, you know, we were gonna go see the movie, but things just didn't ever happen that we could go. So of course as soon as it came out, we went out and bought it. And we had a night where she and I just sat down and watched it, and nobody else could care less except us. And as I'm watching it, you know, I was seeing it not only through my eyes as being a 30 year fan, but I was seeing it through her eyes as being, you know, an almost 12 year old who is in love with what it is now. And for me, uh, that kind of made it that much better. And I left the whole experience really enjoying it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I still don't like the way they designed their facial structure. But if you can get past that. The teeth and the
3: lips were weird.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And she and I, you know, she and I had fun kind of commenting on that together because we had the same opinion on it. But you know, when there were parts that were supposed to be funny, we both laughed. And when there were parts that, you know, we'll still be uh, walking around, you know, at school or whatever, and we'll both be quoting lines from it and we'll be laughing at it with each other. And it's something we share now. And so, you know, just for that alone, it was, it was, it was a good time. I I really came out of it enjoying it. Just like you did, Patrick.
0: Uh, Um, well, after watching the first movie, I was really not excited to watch this at all. But I gotta say, it, it didn't suck. Um, I don't really care for Megan Fox. I think she's overrated as shit. But I love Will Arnett and he was great, of course. And William Fitzner is always great. But I mean, it's just kind of the whole, I don't know, the whole concept of the whole talking Ninja Turtles. I mean, I, I you know, you want to say like, what's your problem with this? I guess it's pretty much the whole core concept. Yes. And I, I just I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get beyond that. And also, what I, I got to ask this is that, that had to have not been lore that April O'Neill like had these four kid four turtles as
2: no, a kid. no that's not and the original, original story. No, that's not the original story and
0: it is I one did of, not think that
2: would be
3: no it's one of the changes that didn't work like <clears throat> as much as this was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be and I found myself consistently enjoying it throughout uh there were some sour notes and most of them were in changes that just didn't quite work mm-hmm Uh, I have no problem with them updating the Turtles and uh, making them more 2014 teenagers rather than 1980s. And, heck, Michelangelo's surfer character was dated back in 1990.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I enjoyed their characters much more in this movie than I did in the first one.
3: But, like, the uh, plot... Uh, of the bad guys was lame uh, and kind of dumb. It's like, well, if you've got this thing that can cure any disease, why do you have to give everyone a disease first?
4: To cure mm-hmm. it, right, to become the hero. Yeah, it seemed kind of a <clears throat> redundant concept.
3: And the whole like shoehorning in April O'Neill, they were her pets, that whole, it just it didn't work. Like, I know that they were trying to, like, pull everything together and give everyone a reason to immediately like each other.
0: but Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. It was like they were trying to immediately forge a connection so they didn't have to do any kind of exposition.
3: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it just – it fell flat. I mean, if you're going to commit to it, it's just like, okay – Get them together and just have them go along with it. Don't apologize for the source material. And that was like, I cringed so hard when they did the Cowabunga line. It's like, oh, that thing we yeah. said when we were kids. It's like this is a part of Turtles. Either don't do it at all because you're going to update it, mm-hmm. or and or just do it and commit to it.
2: Yeah. Don't half-ass yeah. it
3: and apologize for being what the Turtles are.
2: Yeah. Get it out of the way. Do it or don't. I mean, it's. Yeah. And.
0: Because it's like they're trying to say, oh, we're so much cooler now than we were back when we were invented.
3: Right. And that disrespects the original material. You can say that, well, okay, maybe the original material isn't Shakespeare. Sure. But I mean, originally, this was a parody of popular comic books at the time. And it was like a ridiculous idea between two friends. And they're like, you know what? Let's let's do it. And it immediately caught on like wildfire. And if you've got this pop culture juggernaut and you're going to do it and you're going to make money off of it, don't disrespect it like that by having this kind of sheepish, oh, we know this is stupid and lame, but here's how we're going to do it.
4: Yeah.
0: It's a slap in the face to the original source material, basically. Yeah.
4: Well, that, that's probably the biggest problem I had with it. I mean, overall, I you know, I can kind of forgive that in the grand scheme of things because anytime you redo uh, something that's been around for a long time, you're going to tweak it. You're going to adjust it. You're going to make it your own type of thing. It goes back to that whole philosophy of, you know, remaking a song. You don't want to do it exactly the same because what's the point? You're going to do your own spin on it. But at the same time, you have to figure that something's got a 30 year history behind it. You know, pay attention to what the fans are going to want because you want them. That's your base. And if you alienate them in some way, then you're not going to be having sequels. Right.
0: See, th- this is this is the problem that a lot, a lot of action or a lot of not action, a lot of comic book movies had that they don't have so much anymore now that, that superhero movies are so popular. But back in the day, like, yes, your fan base was important, but they weren't the ones that made your money. You needed to make sure you appealed to the people because a lot of the fans didn't even go see the movies because they were, were just like, you're automatically going to disrespect them and I'm not going to go see it. So your fans, I'm I'm talking like back in like the '90s and stuff, where like when the first movie was made. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, because because comic book movies were just not popular back then. And so they had to like you know almost dumb them down so people would be like no it's not really like a comic book you can go watch it it's fine you know
4: but that's a good point I mean I think that's probably why they did what they did is is what you guys were saying before is that they wanted to play to the masses but at the same time look what it did across but it was it was
0: a big fuck you to the fans because they're like we don't really care that you don't like this we're gonna try to make it appeal to everybody you
4: know right and look at the ripple effect it had as far as the perception of the film before people even saw it I mean all three of us who are fans of the characters. Went into it expecting something and were kind of surprised because we all had heard so many things about it that, you know, it's hard not to formulate some sort of a preconception. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I bought it because I knew Juliana was going to want to watch it multiple times. And honestly, I could see myself putting this in and watching it again a couple more times at least.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was a little too
0: busy for me as far as like, I mean, all the action sequences were just so crazy fast. You know, oh, okay. over the
2: top that I was like,
0: "This is a little much," but I know you know they were trying to like ramp I mean, the action. You up. You didn't so buy the moving.
2: rocket-powered skateboard.
0: <laughs> Come on, Pat, really? Yeah. and and riding the avalanche like a like a wave while the semi is just like you know rocking back and forth, and they're just flying under you know. Underneath I did that
2: and yesterday. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
3: And I think that was a bit of a nod to the original characters like South California Surf Origin. It's like we're gonna do a little bit with him surfing, but it doesn't make sense to actually show him surfing. And I thought that was fine. I also appreciated the nod to the scene that we've already talked about in the original as being kind of lame. They did the pizza gag again, yeah. which I I was like, okay, they're they're at least acknowledging the original film.
2: Yeah. Um something I had a real problem with is the shredder that suit how did he walk was ridiculous yeah they, that suit was you wouldn't be able to raise your arms yeah we're gonna put we're gonna make you a suit of armor and we're gonna put all the silverware on it it's those <laughs> it's just a, it sure arm. you a swiss army uh, piece of armor and they and they have he's got the boomerang swords that shoot out and then come back to him
3: yeah well, that was actually kind of badass I don't it was know.
0: definitely badass but it was also very munchkin. Sure.
3: yeah, I, I did have the same reaction the the gut negative reaction the first time I saw the uh, robotic uh, green goblin in the uh, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man with uh
2: Oh yeah, with, um,
3: with uh Toby Maguire. Mhm um and i had that same initial uh, negative reaction but i the uh, like knives shooting out of the suit i was like okay is kind of silly but it's also kind of badass so i i cut out a tiny bit
0: of slack okay that's about how i felt about it it was it was cool enough to be like all right even though this is stupid it's kind of cool so
2: yeah Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a movie with, you know, giant talking ninja turtles in it. So I suppose the bar for reality is set pretty damn low. We're
0: also talking about a movie where Megan Fox could be an an investigative reporter.
2: A lot of suspension. Well, technically she wasn't. Technically she was a trampoline reporter. (laughs) So um, the bulletproof thing was another thing I had an issue with. I like that part.
4: Can somebody explain to me, though, why Whoopi was a turtle? I'm still trying to figure that out.
2: I don't. I, I think
3: Whoopi was uh, fattened up on turtle soup. <laughs>
4: she yeah. looked like one of the turtles with the way yeah. her, she was built. In she was a little big.
2: Yeah. In that, they actually, um, in the trivia, says that she was like hoping to get, I was hoping to get a role in the turtles movie because my kids love the turtles. And I think it was more, I was hoping to get a role because no one's had me do anything for so many years. Yeah,
0: then maybe I'll become relevant again.
2: Yeah. And I was
4: just hoping to get some roles.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <I was> <laughs> <laughs> And I love
4: don't get me wrong. I I I, I'm a fan from from the early days, but I can't I can't I can't watch her anymore. And that just that was one of the parts I didn't like. But go back to the bulletproof thing real quick, Mike. Tell me what you because I like that part personally.
2: That they're bulletproof.
4: Well, not that they're bulletproof. They're because they're not. But the fact that when they get hit in their shell, I mean, it's 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 protected. Okay, no, I can I can
2: yeah, I can I can buy because you know. I guarantee you if you shoot a turtle with a gun in the
0: shell it's not gonna be bulletproof
2: no but I when can buy but I can kind of buy that it's just when he turned around and had all the shells stuck in his chest
3: yeah and they all he like uh flexed, flexed. and they all shot out yeah it yeah. was kind of like lame that.
2: yeah uh, um, what about
4: the uh, the uh, the adrenaline scene I had to try to explain Ju- Ju- Juliana what adrenaline was. <laughs> I thought that was funny.
2: <laughs> I'm oh, f- sorry. In my head it's like, "What's adrenaline, Dad? Oh, here, let me show you. Whack." <laughs> like, <laughs> the big question
3: I had with that scene is like, "Okay, this is kind of awesome the way they did it, but why? Why did they have that button? Why? Why was that a button on the machine?"
2: <laughs> right? Because same- he said drain them of all their blood. Yeah, lots. Of, well, they have <laughs> lots of plot mo- plot moving uh, buttons.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this is the button marked plot. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh some of the trivia dig up on there. The writing on the back of Raphael's Shell says Mikey was here in Japanese.
3: <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's um, funny.
2: And then going back to the aliens, them being aliens thing, when uh her and Will Arnett are driving and he suggests that they're aliens, and she goes, Aliens, that's stupid. That was a that was actually a direct write-in from nice. the whole uh, internet Poo f- ha.
4: Which I'm still, like I said earlier on, I'm convinced that that in the production meetings they were kicking that around.
2: I well, guarantee you, and, and that's what, and that's just
0: them trying to cover their asses, be like, ha ha, look, we're joking with you too. We were never gonna do that, and in, in, in the background they're going, wait, they were. <laughs> The, now, um, I, I do
3: think they made those changes in response to public pressure.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, they totally did. But in also the, um, I think it was Kevin Eastman actually came forward and said, "Well, technically the um, the morph the mutagen is an alien source according to the comics."
4: Well, that's so. the first thing that Juliana said. Well, even according said. to She's the like, movie, it said, that. "Yeah." Well, but Juliana's like, "Where's the Krang? The Krang were the reason that their mutagen exists." And I'm like, "Well, apparently they're not going to include them in this first movie." <laughs>
2: Well, they were initially supposed to have so, Bebop and the Krangs are alien. In this too, but they held, yeah. held off for them for the sequel. Stomp doidles, stomp doidles. So,
0: but you guys did notice that though they did reference the fact that you know because Megan Fox uh, says at one point you know um, her dad had some stuff from outer space and they, and he was injecting it into these alien into these turtles.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's that's I think so, it's I mean they, they let in for the Krang, right? Eventually, yeah. yeah. Whatever whatever the hell the Krang is, that's well, that the little, Krang the is brain thing. <clears throat> don't care. They were like
4: the <laughs> other main villain besides Baxter, Baxter Stockman in the original series. Oh, and Baxter and Stockman Mousers. was in
2: this too. It, it was, well, yeah,
4: briefly. Yeah, there was a there's, nod.
2: Baxter Stockman, I missed that. Yeah, Baxter Stockman. He's a uh, he is listed as a character on IMDb too. Yeah, so.
4: they're 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 hoping for a sequel. I think. where they'll they'll go into the Mauser plot yeah. and they'll go into uh, the Krang. I don't know that Bebop and Rocksteady will happen, but I mean that would be a really, really risky move.
3: I don't know. I mean, it's really fan servicey if you're going to go back. Because I don't know. For me, Bebop and Rock study, granted, I come from the cartoon primarily and the toys rather than the comics. But they're, they're bigger for me than Baxter Stockman.
2: Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, Joel, you can sit off for this, this trivia. You don't have to be involved in this one. So, uh, okay. Will Arnett is in <laughs> his apartment, and he's making a mustard and cheese sandwich. <laughs> ass clown. <laughs> from... From Arrested Development, remember he, was, he always made mustard and cheese sandwiches? Yep. And yep. at the same oh. time, he's listening to Careless Whisper by George Michael. Is that a show? <laughs> Arrested, Arrested Development?
3: Development? Yes. What? It's a very, very good show. Yeah. It's one of
0: know. one of the best comedies ever made.
2: I'll never watch it. Dude.
0: It is amazingly
2: funny. <laughs> where did the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> <It's>,
4: <laughs> I have a question We're about... We demand to, a, to a,
2: be respected.
4: What was your guys' opinion on the the scene in the elevator?
0: I actually it made me laugh it it really did
2: I enjoyed that scene you know what I I this is the this is the take that I've adopted on this because this actually came from Katie she was talking about the the elevator scene after it happened and she was like I think they put that in to show that they refer to them still being teenagers because it's a long trip up that elevator and they just I mean I mean shit we're all in our 40s and you sit us in the same room for a while we play the stupid noise game for like a 20 minutes Yeah, I mean that's that's the
4: thing that I think a lot of people don't realize unless they're paying attention or that they're just not familiar with the the storyline is that they're 15. I mean they like you said they're kids, um. And and granted, in this film, they're you know the voices would not lend you to believe that, nor would their size or their anything else. But who's to say what mutagen will do to you? Um, But yeah, you're right. I think Katie makes a good point. I never, I didn't think about it that way. I just thought it was funny. I I didn't either,
0: but. I think, I think the reason I liked that scene, actually, was because when, when uh I think it was Michelangelo first started tapping his nunchucks, I was like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen here. Like three of them are going to get into it. And then the Raphael guy is going to be like, stop it or whatever and put it into it. Oh, my God. And then the fact that they all got into it, I was like, okay, I kind of liked it because it didn't do what I thought it was going to do.
4: Yeah. Now, did anybody kind of lose interest or get, because I've heard a lot of complaints about the length of time that they're traveling down the side of the mountain. <clears throat> That it, was
3: it was a little too ridiculous. Long.
0: Like, yeah,
3: I could see that, but I it didn't. I didn't lose interest in the action scene. It was fine. Uh, they maybe overdid the gag with uh, Leonardo getting hit by shock things that probably didn't need to be done twice. Mm-hmm.
4: And I'm still wondering why they didn't go with, and maybe it was a decision to, to try and separate it, but why they didn't go with the voice actors from the cartoon. And Juliana asked me that the first one of the first things she asked. She's like, you know, that's not Michelangelo's voice or that's not, you know, definitely not Leonardo. Um, and, and, why and you Johnny, again
0: go to the whole thing where they're trying to make money and they don't care about the fans.
4: I don't know. I mean, Johnny Knoxville is a, is a draw, but I just I didn't see him in that role. And I still kind of he was toned down. And so yeah. I, I accepted it. But to me, it's like, you know, you see we talked back in our Star Trek show. We talked about how, you know, the original series those actors, they did the voices for the cartoon and you know, there was some, there was some symmetry. So to me, it would have tied it together and maybe brought more of a fan base in if they would have done that route, gone
0: that route. No, but let me ask you a question though. Uh, who does the voice for Michelangelo on the cartoons? Who are you, who exactly are you talking about that would have done it?
4: Oh, well the only person that there's two names that are, do the voices on the other two are just regular voice actors. Um, Donatello is, is, I'm sorry, Leonardo's voiced by Seth Green now. And, um, Donatella or no, Le- Raphael is voiced by Sean Aston. So you've got to well yeah, yeah, okay, then yeah.
0: Okay, you know that kind of blows my whole idea. Then it Never used to mind. be
4: Jason Biggs for Leonardo. Yeah, they, but,
0: I don't understand why they don't do that. Then if those if they're actually stars in that actual show, yeah, I don't understand why they wouldn't do that.
3: Well, there. So, I mean, I'm, those two guys in particular probably would have bumped the budget <clears throat> up more than what they brought to the production is probably the real answer.
2: Yeah, because Sean Astin, even if even though he was a second, you know, a second banana to the whole Lord of the Rings thing, he still has that on his right. like, resume now.
0: And he was Rudy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can't Rudy. forget Rudy. 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 So So what are we doing yeah. next week, guys? Are we at that point already? Are we oh. at that point? Yeah. Well let's I've, uh I've, let's
0: I've, do a
3: quick thumbs up thumbs down. I think it's pretty okay. obvious, but let's let's just get yeah. that out of the okay.
2: way. Okay. Two thousand I mean uh nineteen ninety, thumbs up, thumbs down. Start let's start with Pat. Way down for a shock. Way down. <laughs> Josh?
3: It made me sad because I was looking forward to watching nineteen ninety and it didn't hold up. I'm gonna have to go thumbs down. Joel?
4: I, I enjoyed it strictly from a nostalgia standpoint. As a, as a film, it doesn't hold up well, just like Batman 89, but from the, the, where it came from and the, my specific memories with it, I enjoyed it on that regard alone. So that's a thumbs up. That's, that's a, that's a a nostalgic thumbs up. Thumbs down. Yeah. But as a movie, I would give it a thumbs down as far as like the actual <laughs> filmmaking and everything else.
2: If you
0: take if you take a motion out of it.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Then it would be a thumbs down. Yes. Okay, nineteen or uh for- thousand fourteen. Yes, thank you.
4: Fourteen ninety two. Fourteen ninety two. Teenage yield mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> they can't we can't have taxation without representation, dude. <laughs> <reason for laughs>
2: I'm gonna give it a thumbs up because I'm in, but I'm in the same boat I think as Josh, where I was uh, a thumbs up that says it was better than I was expecting it to be. I'm still
3: reeling it. at Joel thinking the American Revolution happened in 1492. Yeah, let's. <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring that up. That's, you're only off by 300 years.
4: We've, oh, no, we've learned that I don't know things about <laughs> no. things.
1: History
0: is hard. Math is hard. Sorry, Mike. I know. It's, it's all difficult.
4: <laughs> The Boston Tea Parties the turtles. Shut up. Anyway, moving. Oh, on. Oh man,
2: that was great. <laughs> Give it to Josh. Your expectations
4: were so low that
2: that I I'm not. You know, I didn't come out there going, like, "Oh man, that was amazing." I went in there, and goes, you know, it's like it's like walking into walking into a room expecting to kick the nuts and only getting slapped in the face. And you're like, "Oh okay, that wasn't great, but it's better than what I was expecting." <laughs> I, I
3: feel exactly had the same way,
2: Mike. <laughs> Yeah.
0: That's 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 fairly accurate, actually. That's that's, that's a pretty good review right there. If
3: I thought this was going to be great or even good, I would have given it a thumbs down. But I thought it was just going to be unsalvageable, unwatchable. And as a result, I'm going to have to give it a qualified thumbs up. My expectations were low enough.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Pat's only got... Never mind. Um,
0: So... It's okay, gonna, the, the way the way that I will say my my I, I I don't know if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I'm kind of right in the middle, but I will say this for the for for the movie. I watched the 1990 movie and I nodded off about a dozen times and woke up within a couple minutes. And I only nodded off twice during the 2014 version. So. <laughs> That's two nods up. So so, uh, so it's a two so it's a two nodder versus a twelve nodder
2: So on an old man scale. <laughs> It was a pretty good movie.
0: (laughs) I give it two nods. Now get off my nod. (laughs) Don't don't you forget, Jackass, you're the same age I am. (laughs) Yeah, but I didn't fall asleep during the movie. You weren't laying in a hotel room bed.
4: There's your problem. Well, touche. Um, okay. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I uh, I went into it with the same expectations that you you two did. Um, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And for me, just from, again, nostalgia and then the fact that I share it with my daughter, you know, I absolutely – two thumbs up.
2: Wait, I don't think nice. you get two thumbs up. Or a
4: thumb up. Whatever. You don't Shut get two.
2: Up.
4: It's fourteen ninety two. I can do what I want. <laughs> I just discovered America. Shut your face.
3: <laughs> what? All right. So what is it we have on tap for next week? Guys? I don't
2: know. What are we
3: doing? We're doing a. We're, we're sticking we're with a, the a little kung fu talking about the American Revolution. A, yeah. We're, we're doing a history right, show. We're back talking back about America species I, I can bring us back on track with one question.
2: Yeah. Who's the master? Show enough. Oh no. We're watching yes. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon and putting it up against the man with the iron fists. So, yeah,
3: I'm looking forward to
1: these.
2: Yeah, I am, too. I haven't seen... See, I'm I'm scared, though. After watching TMNT, I'm looking at this and going, man, I loved watching The Last Dragon. What's going to happen? You know, am I going to get another uh, 1990s TMNT issue where it's not going to be... Oh, God,
0: I hope hope this movie doesn't really, really suck and destroy a movie that I used to love. (laughs) No, it... (laughs) I remember loving that movie when I was younger. Oh, the
2: last dragon. (laughs) Yeah,
0: show enough is going to show up, and I'm just going to be like, "What's with this stupid hairstyle?" Yeah, (laughs) it's okay.
3: It'll hold up. I mean, just look at
0: Knight Rider (laughs) (laughs) or A Team. Yeah, we like the A Team movie. I'm talking about this show. How it held up?
4: We like the show.
0: You did.
2: Shut up, Pat. (laughs) Now I'm depressed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Uh,
3: if I. We're getting old. If, like, if you've got any suggestions for other major pop culture icons that we've been missing all this time, there may be something that just hasn't occurred to us. Give us a call at 708 Now Rap. That's 708 669 9727. And uh, just leave us your thoughts.
2: Pat, are you awake? Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, is that a good rating for this show
3: yeah i i think uh, he he was saying that the voicemail line is a, a
2: one one nodder <laughs> <laughs> all right folks well thanks for listening and uh we will talk to you next week
4: you are now leaving the world of musings of a geek podcast network stay geeky my friends shaka. i said it wrong
0: Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh.